Hey, welcome back. This is the Better Fight Cast, your tightest coverage of UFC, Bellator, and all things mixed martial arts, led by our resident MMA historians. These decades-long students of this glorious and inspiring combat have lived and breathed the fight since they were scouring video store shelves for Pride VHS tapes. In the right corner, Joe Newbauer is at Joe Knows MMA. In the left corner, Sean Newbauer is at MMA underscore Insomniac. And in the middle, tell me bridge gap between fans new and old, Gabrielle Shirley is at Gabby underscore T. Fans somewhere between a historian and a rookie like myself. My name is Matthew Crokinville and Matthew J. Better. A writer credentialed in dissecting the English language, plus a student of health and comedy, exploring how to maximize the human experience. We do that today by bearing witness to the purest, best of sport you can follow. Joe, where shall the schooling begin? As always, let's the jump right into the fights. fights. I'm going to start this week with UFC Nashville, which yeah. showed off on Saturday night from the FS1 station. Now, there's good and bad things to say about as far as the people watching this event on Saturday night. Good, it was a great event from top to bottom. Very entertaining night of fights. I loved it. What did you think of Somniac? Did you have fun watching the event or what? I only got to see the main card because where I was at trying to watch it, they only had Comcast and FS2. Mm. Isn't part of that program isn't part of that package but Shame. I did see the main card main card was entertaining the first fight kicked it off it was great um, you couldn't have seen the main card I mean the first fight if you only had Comcast. I ended up seeing it though oh okay I ended up getting the pieces online okay because I was going to say let's just say I saw what I needed to see come okay. fight night I am a Verizon wireless subscriber and let me tell you what between not Getting my DVR didn't work on recording the FS2 fights, which was the prelims portion, mm-hmm. and then of course the baseball game going over mm. on the FS1 prop uh, programming, where the baseball game took out the first 36 minutes or so of UFC Fight Night. Dang. So the Jake Ellenberger versus Mike Perry fight got bumped over to FS2, oh. and I recorded on DVR as I was busy and I had to watch it when I got home, so I missed the first fight on UFC Nashville's main card. And the whole preliminary card. I had to watch it all the next day. Ooh. I was not a happy guy. Mm-mm. You can ask my girlfriend, Gabby underscore T, over here. I was not in the greatest of a mood Saturday night. No. Nope. Well, but with that sounds being like said, you gotta, you know, you gotta step your game up, historian. Well, with that being said, <laughs> one thing Second I'll cable it, package. Uh, there was a love-hate thing with this whole baseball game going over because for FS2 it did its second highest numbers ever for the Mike Perry versus Jake Ellenberger fight because everybody that was tuning in to FS1 switched over to FS2 instead and hmm. it got 430,000 viewers which is a lot for that network mm-hmm. so Mike Perry versus Jake Ellenberger is going to go down in the books as the second most watched fight on FS2 history do we have the second first? highest Raiders ratings it was the UFC 200 undercard well wow. Wow. So it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, that would probably get a lot of ratings. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. That was on FS2, really? Yes. But yeah, so this is basically the top. <laughs> that one, that doesn't even count. That's mm-hmm. not even fair. As the UFC had a historical aspect for that on FS2, the ratings for FS1 actually were below average. It peaked at, I mean, it averaged around 745,000 viewers, peaked at 831,000 people for the main event of Cub Swanson versus Artem Lubav. Uh, the numbers are pretty good, though. The gate for the Bridgestone Arena, which is claiming to have set the record in gate for a sporting event and just fell shy of the attendance record, 
was $755,180, hmm. and then the attendance was 10144 And as I keep stating every week, I feel like we keep repeating this, yeah. that the UFC UFC's is breaking, breaking the records. gate record yeah. of where they go. It just shows how hot of a ticket yeah, they and are. Yeah, this, this isn't... Well, I guess the New York thing wouldn't really be an excuse because there's plenty of other events other than cage fighting, and the cage fighting events are still breaking the records at yes. Madison Square Garden. Yes. And the one in Buffalo, and... Did they have the one in Long Island already, or is that in the no, future? No, that's in the future. Have they, yeah, so th- have they had two in Madison Square Garden? There's no, been three. They only had one. one. They had one in Buffalo, and they have one. Uh, There's Madison a third Square one, right? Garden, and in Brooklyn. Oh, uh, yeah. All three of them broke the attendance record? Yes. You know? Yeah, okay. All three of them. And then there was another one. I don't know if it broke the attendance record. There's one other in New York. I can't remember where, but it, it was, was a Black small Beast. card, though, yeah. Was it the Black Beast versus yeah. Abracadabra, whatever his last name was? Yeah, but I mean, but yeah, uh, but they did have stiff competition on Saturday. The NBA and NHL NBA playoffs out. are both full in oh, effect. Geez. They're going right up against yeah, them. That. I mean, it's good numbers. I wouldn't consider it great numbers, considering they didn't have the biggest of a card. I thought it was a fantastic fight card going into it. If you're a purist and you really know about the sport of MMA, you knew you had some really good but fights. But you didn't have that. two household names in the main event. You I mean, if they got respectable numbers in spite of going yeah, up against well, two other major Sanchez. sports playoffs, that's impressive. That's a win. Going up yeah. against, I mean, well, if, the if, basketball if those playoff, numbers are respectable. Well, the basketball playoff game did 4.3 million in the ratings, and the NHL playoff game did just a little over 2 million. Wow. And that you would think that would be the audience of people wanting to watch this. Like, if mm-hmm. all those other sports fans are already occupied, you still got this drama. I mean, that's six million viewers over there, and it's still got, you know, just, it was it was decent. I mean, seven hundred forty. It wasn't their lowest. It was one of their lowest, but it wasn't their lowest. I wouldn't consider it a complete. Yeah. They had to do something. That's TV. Yeah. What else was FS1 doing that night? That's right. going to do better. Right. Yeah. Nothing. Very true. Nope. Very true. But yeah, in the main event, let's move right into it. Cub Swanson defeated Artem Labov in a five-round war. What did you think of Cub's performance? Do you think he decisively won? Do you think there was no, any he discrepancy won. there? Yeah, he, he clearly won the decision. Did Artem Labov surprise you in the main event? Yes, but my my gripe is I think Artem Labov was... I think he could still be a player in that division to a certain degree. I just don't think he was ready for Cub Swanson yet. I mean, I don't know if Arden LeBob was even ranked, and he got the number four guy. I think he was ranked number 14, but, I mean, he did go five hard rounds with Cub Swanson. I think yeah, if, like, anything, if anything, it could it could help him learn, but I just don't think he His stock still went way up. I, I, I'm still just scratching my head how that was the main event. That's all. Yeah, it was I a little don't, weird for a main event. I'm still not really understanding But it was, that, a, but it was an entertaining fight. I enjoyed it. I mean, that's what they set it up for. They were like, this, these guys are going to deliver this to me felt that like, style matchup of those two guys strikers you know they knew they were going to deliver something this so. to me felt like cub swanson got a spotlight fight when you know the mma media has been really criticizing this main event for a while now mm. and but they're always calling for everybody to get these yeah, it's weird. they fights, always want tune-ups and spotlight fights whatever and... but this is what it was for cub swanson i mean this is mm. a guy who now has won seven of his last nine fights this is a guy, the reason he got the main event, this was the spotlight for him. They gave him Artem because Artem wanted it. Artem yeah. wanted the fight, and they knew that Artem would bring a fight. And it ended up being a very entertaining fight if you actually gave the card a chance. Hmm. And Cub Swanson just got, what, 2.5 million viewers on Fox when they did the replay at 206 because he was just in one of the best, probably pure MMA fights ever hmm. with the Korean Superboy. So I thought 
this was a spotlight fight and the media is so fickle in what they talk about because this is anybody that's saying this fight was bad you're just so completely wrong I mean it was a very good mixed martial arts fight it was a war these two guys went in there stood in the pocket for five straight rounds Cub Swanson did look better he showed his flashes of greatness and you know afterwards he called for a title shot and I don't really blame the guy I think he's justified and could possibly get it what yeah, do you it think? Seems like it should be soon. But um, crowded division. At right? featherweight, it's not as crowded as it used to be. Of course, he wants to take time off. He's about to have the birth of his child. He wants to take some time off. He won't even fight till like the end of the year. <laughs> but if Jose Aldo does somehow beat Max Holloway in June, Jose Aldo isn't always known as. I mean, it's all about timing. Mm-hmm. Cub Swanson is not in the realm of disbelief here. I think he could very well get the next title shot depending on situation. He could, because I can't even think of the guy next in line yet. It would have to be the Frankie Edgar, Yair Rodriguez winner, and it have to be who wins. Tell you if what. Jose Aldo if won, Yair and Yair Rodriguez, Rodriguez beats yeah. Frankie Edgar. Oh. He gets he, a tough shot. He'd be a no tough guy what. to deny. Yeah. But Cub Swanson would still be right there at the number two, right? Yeah, he's up there. He's, he's ranked number four, so he's there. He's knocking on the door, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I agree. But out of this, does Artem move up in the rankings and get a little more respect than he has gotten doesn't before? Doesn't move up. He lost. Doesn't move up. He fought the number four guy. Doesn't he's matter. 14 he and lost. Went five hard rounds with him. It doesn't matter. That's not what you look at. You look at win loss. He didn't beat the number four guy. So does how do you move ever up? move up after a loss? Yes. Never happened. I, I, what? You know what? I guarantee you, Artem Obab will move up in the rankings after this loss. Let's wow. check it out. I'll put it right now. Wow. I'll put it out there to you right now. Let's see what happens. We'll see. Even if he moves up one spot. He deserves it. I mean, he. I thought he looked. This was his breakthrough performance. I know it was a losing. I see effort. what you're saying, but it still seems like it would be just on principle impossible. It's, I mean, it rankings just are garbage no anyway. You know my opinion on rankings. They are garbage. Well, you're a but stats guy. The math isn't adding up okay. here. Well, here let's let's move this. Let's not say rankings. Did his stock go up? Absolutely. I that think his stock, stock went well. Your ranking doesn't go up. And and to be honest with you, I thought he needed. You know, I actually need... think this fight will make him a better fighter. It could. How old is he? I don't know. I don't know. I just know he's like 13 and 12 now. Or 14 and 13. Something like that. Crazy record, but I think he looks a lot better. Right. He's featherweight's Mark Hunt. But moving on to the co-main event, let's get off of this topic before we get out of hand here. Raging Al Iaquinta, two years off from the game, comes out and knocks out Diego Sanchez. Not once, but I think he knocked him out twice in this fight <laughs> and made it look easy. And before we start getting on to Raging Al and all his raging ways... But let's face it. Let's, did, didn't Diego doesn't even look like the same guy anymore. He just came off of an impressive victory over Marcin Held. Okay, but like when I was looking at... I was watching that fight about to go down. I'm looking at Diego in the cage. I, I almost didn't recognize him. He He's doesn't, very skinny. It's not just that. He just doesn't look like the same person. He just doesn't look right. He just Too looks many wars? Like, yeah. He he needs to retire. He just does not look good. He um, I think his face just looks different because it's been battered through all the wars over the years. And uh, I mean he got, he got knocked out very very easily. Mm. It was not well, a good two look fights for him. ago. I thought he got knocked out pretty easily against Joe Lauzon. Yeah. And this fight that button's been pushed. It's he done. really didn't even belong in there. I mean, his last outing, he did look really good against Marcin Held. I'll give him that. That was a very good fight. He came back. He went through the adversity. He beat the young guy. I mean, Marcin Held's only like twenty three years old, and Diego 
won. <laughs> I was very impressed. But this one right here, before the fight, I felt Diego was talking a little crazy. What was he I, saying Just the, fight? the way he talks, his mannerisms, mm. he doesn't seem like the same guy. Uh, this is a guy I would like to think as the bonus king. Yeah. I mean, oh, he's yeah. been in more wars yeah. and, and, and fight of the nights and whatever than anybody else I can remember. And for a guy that's made that much money, I would hope to think that he's made some riches from MMA and he can walk away now. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, he came out after this fight and said he's still here. He's not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it as... This was not a representation of what Diego Sanchez was. He doesn't look the same up there. He looks sad. Oh, no, it's okay. His forehead's just misshapen from being Him bashed Him getting knocked times. out like that is not what Diego Sanchez is about. This guy, I want to remember him as one of the best fighters ever step in there. I think he's a UFC Hall of Famer. Why? Because he was the winner of the first Ultimate Fighter season. I don't know if anybody has been in better fights than him. I mean, he's been in at least 10. Mm. That's in the probably top 20 of best UFC fights of all time. This guy is magic. And what is he, 36? The octagon. 36, 37 now? Something like that. But he looks like he's 45. Yeah. It's just, it, I think it's time to yeah, let go. Really I think it's time for him to give it up. I'd really, I mean, I feel like he has a great relationship with the Team Jackson. I think he's a great inspirational guy. I think he could be a great MMA master, like a, like a teacher of the game. I'd like to see him get into that, but... We'll see what happens. I don't like watching guys like this keep fighting. No. Not at all. But moving on to my man, Raging Al. What Diego a disgruntled guy this by is. The way. 35. That's not that old either. Mm -hmm. But let's move on to Raging Al Iaquinta. Let's see. What is he doing? First of all, he comes back after two years because he wasn't making enough money. He had to have knee surgery. His knee was all messed up. He took all the time off. He came back, refused to fight in New York because he said he's not getting paid enough. Uh, of course, he comes back in this fight against Diego Sanchez, and he made this look easy. I mean, he knocked him out cold. He folded Diego Sanchez up like an accordion. And as soon as it was over, he said he got his fighting spirit out. Now he's going back to real estate. I mean, this, the, this guy is <laughs> yeah. gone. He plugged his real estate license. You can't have... Sponsors, but I tell you what, he plugged his yeah. real, like his real estate thing, like it was no other. What a genius! This guy is going awesome. to make a lot of money in real estate. Why? Because he plugged himself on national TV. Sticking it to him, he does not if care. If I was looking for a house he right now, does not care what they think. I would go with Raging Al Iaquinta as my realtor. Because why, why not? Why not? <laughs> why would you go with any? Why would you go with some dork that wears glasses that has their picture on the front of some? people's front lawns in a couple of neighborhoods. Mm. Or your realtor could be raging out in Aquinta, <laughs> a guy that's knocked out four of his last five opponents in the UFC octagon. You either need to show up in the realtor blazer or <laughs> your trunks and gloves and nothing else. I mean, that was the most genius thing I've ever seen. I really believe this guy has been the talk of the weekend through all shows, whether it was Bellator, LFA, or UFC. When he knocked out Diego Sanchez and everything he's been doing from here on out, he has been the talk of the MMA mm -hmm. world. I think this guy is a superstar on the rise. He's got a lot to say about everything. He absolutely does. And he has some, to credit him, I don't disagree with everything he's Oh, I don't either. I don't either. I don't disagree with very much of what he raging says. Raging Al is you. raging. Mm -hmm. But everything he said on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani is, is pretty spot on. I pretty on. much agree with all of it, yeah. I don't disagree with him. I get it. I get it. 
I understand the UFC's position in a point because on the flip side, yeah, he signed the contract, but I don't even care about him signing the contract. But the reason he can't get fight bonuses when he should be getting fight bonuses is because of something he did. Yeah, it's politics. I don't know about politics. It was like a... Something in the fight? It was a punishment. It was He didn't show up to promotion or something. He pretty much... Oh. This is the gist I got about this calling out of the promotion. He called out of work sick... Oh, and then yeah. on Facebook, you can look him up. He's laying on the beach in the sand having fun. He says, so, he says I live by the beach. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, whatever it was, it, it sounds like a punishment thing from the company that they have to stick through. But now that we got this out, he didn't get a bonus here. Mm. He didn't get a bonus there. So this Facebook picture happened before this last fight, but after... Oh, yeah, it was like two years ago. Oh. He can't get fight performance bonuses. That's all I can say. He can't get them. He got punished from them for some reason. Well, that but, wouldn't be so bad if the pay scale wasn't so unfair. Yeah. But, of course, Raging Al, he has been going crazy on the MMA hour. On the MMA hour alone, he took shots at the UFC. He took shots. He said F Dana White. And he took shots at the fight bonuses. And the lack he's of just union. going crazy. The lack of union, yes. He took shots at everything. <laughs> and now that it's one day later... So far, I've read on today, he has now taken shots onto Kevin Lee, Mitch Clark, Sage Northcutt, Bobby Green, and Reebok. <laughs> He's calling them all out. <coughs> He's saying, F you, F him, F this. Not a fan he of that He said he Reebok got his deal. real estate agent's, uh, his realtor license because he wanted something that he didn't have to rely on fighting for. Yeah. He was tired of trying to make money to fight because obviously he wasn't making enough. So he established himself. While he was injured, he established himself financially so he doesn't have to rely on fighting i think that was a fighters need to wake up and pay attention to this and what this guy is doing mm -hmm. not everybody can make it in the fight game yeah i really like what this kid is doing multiple streams of yeah. revenue yes he's a trailblazer mm -hmm. and i love his interview he is crazy right now i love <laughs> yeah. raging al i think he can be a superstar mm -hmm. i think ufc needs to call raging al tomorrow they need to sit down he and work this thing out. not the superstar they want. Because he has also stated he's willing to talk to another promotion. But now that he got the fight out of his system against Diego Sanchez, he's willing to wait again. Yeah. He only has two fights left on his contract. My thing is, Rage Now, just fight your two fights out. If you would have fought in New York and then you would have fought this fight, two would have been done and you're looking at one. Like, fight your contract out if you're that unhappy and then move on. Because I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Mm hmm whether it's Japan, whether it's Bellator, whether it's this new Premier Fight League, it doesn't matter. I'm going to follow you because I'm a fan of you. But the UFC also needs to get on board, and they need to sit Raging Al down. I think it's time to take this punishment away. I think it's time Can't to sit down. If you give it to him. Well, I think he suffered. I, th I think they I think they made the point. So I think it's yeah. pretty wrong what he did. I think with two fights left Not on his showing contract. showing up to yeah. press, oppressors, well, is that what it was? punish him again if he does it, but you already, I think you I already think proved your point. Enough. I don't think it can be an indefinite thing. I, I mean, mean, this what, guy. If there's ever an indefinite punishment, punishment in sports, it's you can't play anymore. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any other... Any other kind of punishment that is indefinite. He's never received a UFC bonus, and he's knocked out four of his last five opponents. Yeah, that's pretty crappy if the only permanent punishment is, uh, you don't get the money. Yeah. I think it's, I think the UFC, hopefully they do this, because I want to see Raging Al in the UFC and fight a top 10 opponent next. I mean, let's be real here. I'm loving this story of Raging Al. 
I, I love it. I, I'm really rooting for this guy. I want to see him do well. Not only that, I want to see him fight the most elite competition because yeah. I think he is elite competition. This guy is the real deal. He's also got the mouth to be a superstar. The yes. problem is the things coming out of that mouth. Yes. It's not something that the UFC is going to want coming out it of the mouth of their superstars. can get him in trouble, but hey, they, I don't this is a hold sport it against made him. of bad boys. I mean, if the Diaz brothers are so popular, Ray Janelle, he's no different. The guy wears his heart on his sleeve. I, I, I just like his character. Mm-hmm. I'm really becoming a big fan of his. I want to see him fight again. And there's a lot of people I want to see him fight. I mean, I'm looking at Edson Barbosa. Does he have a dance partner yet? You know, he's a top guy. I think that's what Ray Janelle deserves. Uh, Joe Duffy, if the UFC signs Joe Duffy back, I think Rage Now versus Joe Duffy is a very intriguing fight. Mm. Of course, all the other guys I want to see him fight, like a rematch with Michael Chiesa or Eddie Alvarez or Dustin Poirier, they're all already booked. But there's so many people I want to see him still fight because of his style. Mm. We got to get this guy on board. Also, I'm starting to realize he really knows how to promote himself. Yeah, This guy's a genius. I think they need to sit down. They just need to have a, a, a face-to-face and try to work everything out. If not, Rage Now, get your two fights done and get out. No point in hanging on. Any comments from you, Insomniac? I didn't like everything he had to say. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. What did you not like? I don't like him. Like, I guess he's trying to get his name out there more, and he did a pretty good enough job knocking out Diego Sanchez. Some of it I thought was kind of cool, you know, get you, but like, just. And even the rants, like I read the tweets that he was saying about some of the people, mm-hmm. the Mitch Clarks. Oh, he sounds that. drunk. Yeah, he does. By the way, <laughs> yesterday when he did the interview with MMA Hour, he hasn't even left Nashville yet. He said he's staying until further notice. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he's but, a wild man. I like the wildness a little bit, but like you know, I didn't like it all. No difference from uh, Conor McGregor's partying. I mean, lately they found Conor McGregor where he trashed a hotel room. Wow. And then they found him in a treehouse? Really? Conor McGregor was in a treehouse? Man, if I was Conor McGregor, I'd be in a treehouse every day. He <laughs> said he just made $40 million and he's drunk in a treehouse? Every day. What is going on? Where's D? Pregnant. But no, I mean, I don't. I mean, do you want to see Ray Janelle fight again and soon? And do you think he deserves a top 10 guy? I think I think if he wants more money, he's on the right track. Open your mouth a little bit, but don't go so hard. You okay, know, you think saying, he's going too far? Saying F Dana White and F, I'm like that's not going to get you nowhere. But like Mark Hunt just did the same thing though. Well, Mark Hunt already got the big contract. Mark Hunt did the same thing, and then Mark got, Hunt, Mark Hunt got the big contract. Then started talking like that after the big contract. Okay, okay, I get it. Okay, okay, all right. So, but you do want to see him back in the octagon soon, though, right? I'd like to. I don't know why he's talking about I'm going to take a long break. I don't know what that does for him. Leverage. Except, like, take time it's off negotiating of leverage. He's taking time off. He's got other businesses. He does not need the UFC. I mean, I get that, but he's taking years off his prime if he wants to seriously fight. Yeah, well, I mean, he... Might... And become a star, because at, at the same token, he's saying he wants to be rich. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. He's saying well, I he think he just got rich jet. off of calling out his realtor license on. We'll see. I mean, cable uh, network. I, I mean, guess, yeah, I guess there were still a lot of people that watched. I, I think he at least he at least sold twenty houses off of that, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right? I mean, he's bringing in something. I don't think the man's that dumb. I think he feels very confident. I think it's the most genius thing I have ever seen. I've never seen anything like it. This is the first time. And I think he's doing genius things on promoting himself and making himself more money. And I'm never against that for anybody. I'm never against that. I don't want to talk about the financials. You know, I don't... I think if he feels like he deserves more, which by the sounds of it, I never 
talk about what guys make. He's making twenty six thousand a show and twenty six thousand a win. So he's making over fifty G's, but the man does feel like he should be making more in a co main event. Well the fighters get fifteen percent of the income. That's not that's that's not fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be closer to fifty. Like most other professional sports. But Raging Al's a guy, he definitely is underpaid and he's voicing his reasons and I'm just I'm with him for it. I think at the end of the day, I have a feeling Dana White and the UFC is gonna be reaching out to Raging Al very soon. Really? After so. he gets off his bender. Yeah, I do. I think they're after gonna he get gets together. off his bender. <laughs> I think they're gonna get together and I think I, I really do think they're gonna hash this thing out. Because if all else, if I'm seeing the superstar potential in this guy, they have to be also. There's no matter way of time it. before Dana White steps into the ring, Vince McMahon style. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. He almost did with Tito, but that's a different story for Tell another right day. Now, Dana ain't making 155. No. It'd be a super fight. But, all right. On to the fight before that. Tennessee native OSP choked out Marcos de Lima with the Von Flu choke and then named that choke because he's the only guy to ever do it twice in the UFC. Named it the Ovince Flu choke or something like that. So he renamed the choke that he's made special and good for him coming off of three losses in a row. He needed that win. I'm happy for him, especially since he beat a guy who came in overweight, came in at 210 for a 205-pound fight. The UFC fined him a 30% of his purse, and Marcos de Lima has officially said he's moving to the heavyweight division. But I always root against a guy if you miss weight, period. You're just Mm. done in my eyes. And then right before that, John Dodson dominated Eddie Wineland. And before I get into what Dodson said after the fight, Insomniac, watching that fight live, what did you think of that fight? It was kind of... It wasn't terrible. I don't know. It was technical, but it wasn't exactly like... I wasn't that interested in it. It did lose my interest. Okay. I thought it. I, I thought the fight was going to play a lot differently than that. I actually saw it opposite. I actually was intrigued by it. I thought it was a good fight. And maybe when they do it on slow motion, when they really break down the techniques, and, and I think they're so fast, especially John Dodson, you don't see what he's doing until you slow it down and watch it on replay. I thought it was a very technical, good fight. John I couldn't Dodson, say I hated it. He wasn't the one who did that Mortal Kombat combo a couple months back, was he? You remember what I'm talking about? No. Okay. wasn't him. I know what you're talking about, but it wasn't him. No, John Dodson, I thought he did a great job. I thought he absolutely dominated Eddie Wineland. Eddie Wineland couldn't hit him. Actually, John Dodson looked a lot like Mighty Mouse. Hmm. Like with the way that Eddie Wineland was swinging, but he couldn't touch him. Dodson was avoiding everything. He was just so much faster, so much quicker. You know, he was before every punch, before every kick. He knew exactly what was going on. And then after the fight, I really loved what John Dodson had to say. Dodson called it out, all the inebriated fans that were billing. And said, you guys are too drunk to realize the high level of mixed martial arts of what's going on. Nice. And I think he was spot on. That's I funny. agree a thousand percent. Calling out the fans. I, I think it was, you know, in Tennessee, I think a lot of them were probably inebriated in the crowd, mm-hmm. being in the heart of Nashville. Mm-hmm. What you do, I probably would be if I was there, but, you know. Seems like a good drink in town. I think he's right, because I watched it. I drink <laughs> a drink when I watch the fights, maybe two if most, if it's really good fights. I always have a Richter scale. I either drink one Long Island, two Long Islands, or three <laughs> Long Islands. If It depends on how good the card is. And, you know, I don't get drunk, so I understand what's going on. And I understand what he's saying, because especially when you slow it down, if you saw the technique and skill that's being thrown in every combo, you have to appreciate that. And I didn't think it was as bad as the fans made it out to be in 
Nashville, Tennessee that night. Maybe I'm a Grinch. I would have booed. <laughs> but moving on from that fight, Insomniac, you need more sleep. Moving on from that fight, Stevie Ray defeats Joe Lauzon. And a fight that I think should have been called a draw with the new MMA rules. But the judging was really weird in this one where Joe Lauzon, the first round, absolutely destroyed, mauled, and dominated Stevie Ray. Didn't the Nashville um, officials... Don't don't they judge differently there? Their their association. I don't or think so. I think they're. I thought don't, they I said. I thought they said. The I thought they said this this car was judged on the old rules. Yes, it was, but they haven't adopted. Which the new keeps rules. happening a lot lately. It's just so weird. Like it is. Everywhere the fighters are trying to get rules, used to yeah. new rules, and they go to a new city or something that they haven't really. And been you can't to. blame that on the UFC or anything. That's on athletic commissions. Yeah. That's what I was. Looking Everybody for. blames this thing on like the UFC or WV no. or whatever. They didn't do all this. But yeah, I mean, <coughs> Joe Lauzon got just the typical 10-9 round or 9-8 round, however it goes. He got one point over him in the first round. He completely dominated Maud and destroyed Stevie Ray. Second round, Stevie Ray started coming back. I felt like he won that round. And then in the third round, Stevie Ray did win big, and he got a 10-8. And it was really weird because I thought Joe Lauzon did more in the first round than Stevie Ray did in the third round to deserve a 10-8 round. Mm-hmm. I really think that fight should have been a draw. Should have been 10-8 Lauzon in the first, Stevie Ray in the second, and then Stephen Ray by just normal in the third. It should have been like a 10-9 round. See, so I was should okay been... with the decision that Stevie Ray got the win because I thought he had two out of three rounds, but it is what it is. I thought, I wouldn't, I didn't really care. I thought the fight was just okay. They went at it pretty good. I thought Joe Lauzon was hitting some bombs. I thought the first, first round, round was a 10-8 round by definition. I mean, to its core. That's why I understand how Stevie Ray got the 10-8 round and Joe Lauzon didn't. It's just really weird. Again, judging. Let's please work on it. Let's please, please work on it. Officials. And, of course, the first fight of the night to kick off Tennessee that was showed on FS2, not FS01, which left me upset that night. Mike Perry came out. And Jake Ellenberger looked good in the first round. But Mike Perry caught Jake Ellenberger with an elbow that I think might have finished his career. That was a devastating, Didn't vicious a elbow. I'm sure. he. It took a long time for him to even get up. Mm-hmm. It was a very scary moment. But Joe Lals- Jake Ellenberger, I'm sorry, Jake Ellenberger at 32 years old looks like he's 40. Mm-hmm. Something has gone there. I don't really care much. Him and Diego Sanchez, after watching them two fight, I'm not really interested in watching them mm-hmm. fight the anymore. The sports aged you guys quicker than the presidency. Yes. Like, I am not interested in watching you guys fight anymore. I want to see you guys both hang them up because you guys have very respectable and great MMA careers. Let's not tarnish this or get yourself seriously hurt in the future. I really want to see them both hang it up. But good for Mike Perry. That guy, you know what I think they need to do? questioning. I think they need to get their real estate license. <laughs> yeah, they probably should. <laughs> I think they could be plan. great head coaches somewhere if they wanted to open their gym or become part of a gym if that's what they wanted to do. I think that's a great opportunity also. But Mike Perry is a guy that seems like UFC likes to push. I mean, as he was the opening act on this Nashville card. And he obviously got a lot of viewers to follow him over to FS2. I mean, they keep shoving him down our throat. But if you look at Mike Perry's fight record, I know a lot of people say he's kind of too crazy. Mm -hmm. Because, like, over Jake Ellenberger's body, he was (laughs) breakdancing. He was really celebrating maybe a little too hard for a guy yeah. that was really seriously knocked out. But I'll tell you what, his fights are nothing but absolutely fantastic that I've seen so far. He is must-see TV, and I don't think you can turn 
your head when he's on. So, I hope they keep pushing him. And then the other big fight I thought off of that car was Brandon Moreno finishing Dustin Ortiz with the head kick and then the serious choke that passed him out. Dustin yeah. Ortiz was another one. He was winning that first round until he Dustin got called Ortiz's a dead a good head fighter. Kick. That's a very good one for Brandon Moreno. But it shows in that 125-pound division, I tell you what, that was Brandon Moreno's third finish in a row. He's 3-0 and with three finishes. He was the last pick on the Ultimate Fighter. Yep. Flyweight season. He was number 16. Wow. He was the number 16 seed. And this kid, he gave he fought the number one seed right away, and he gave him a run for his money. Hmm. And this kid is getting better and better. And at 23 years old in the 125-pound division, I think that's prime. I think that's future. a younger division, yes. And it just shows with someone like him coming out, finishing Dustin Ortiz, Mighty Mouse is not done in that 125-pound division yet. There is fighters still there. There is credible fighters still there for him to keep continuing that legacy of fighting for his championship. And just smash that record. Just smash just it. Smash just it. smash it. Why not? And Brandon Moreno like is a serious 17, fighter. 18, 19, who knows? Man. I love this humbleness when they asked him about, you know, how would you beat Mighty Mouse? He said he really doesn't know. <laughs> but he'll try to find a way. Like he has in every fight as he finished all three opponents. Him versus Ray Borg for a number one contendership makes a lot of sense right now. Both mm. of those guys could fight Demetrius Johnson and just shows you Demetrius Johnson's just got to keep doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. <coughs> But on from that, let's wrap up UFC Nashville and move on to the other fight action this weekend. I watched these cars. Did anybody else watch anything else other than Nashville? Mm-hmm. I just watched it. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. <coughs> what? Okay. Answers my question. But I did watch Bellantour 178 from the Mohegan Sun on Friday night. How Me people, and 642,000 other people. That's in Connecticut? That's only 100,000 people less than what watched the UFC. Wow. Let's put that in perspective. How many people? That's in Connecticut? 000, is that what that says? Yes. 642,000 people. There's <laughs> you can look at that, though. What is that? The fact that uh, Spike's in a lot more homes, too. Okay. Well, they are in a lot more homes, but they were going up against the same competition. They went up against the... NBA and NHL playoffs, and they put up 642,000 in the ratings, the highest programming they have done for April, and I say good for them. This is another year they're up. They keep going up. Is there a divide between people who follow MMA and these other team sports? Yeah, you're not so. really into basketball and hockey. I mean, I used to football be. and baseball would probably have a much bigger overlap. I stay, just because it's so much. How do I say this? I stay updated. Yeah, but I like fights better. I just get more entertainment. That's my thing. It's just my thing. There's too many. Like I wonder if do you th- if if sports fans are more inclined towards combat sports or team sports. I guess maybe. What do you think? I don't know. My biggest beef is like I love the slogan for MMA: "Don't leave it in the hands of the judges." Mm-hmm. And most of the time, they don't. When you really put somebody away, you finish them. Whether it's by submission, whether it's by knockout, whether it's by you know whatever method you do, you finish somebody. There is sometimes where the judges get out of hand, but not as there's not as many calls from the judges in MMA, in my opinion, that are out of hand like you see in the NBA in one game. Oh, yeah. One game with only like five minutes left. The crappy calls you see, I mean, I hear people next to me saying, Tiki-tack. oh, that was a home call. Yeah. What, what do you mean a home call? They're like, well, their home field advantage, the referees did that to make the crowd happy. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, there's only one call, and that's the right call. There's too many ticky-tacky rules. I can't yeah. do it. We're in the my UFC. My big like, problem with the NFL. Yes. Like my we, big problem we, with there's the There's not many one times of my big problems with you the get NFL. a problem like you have right now with Wyvin and Musasi. 
That does not happen very often. That's why it sticks out. What's the problem with them? With Wyman and Masasi, that whole thing that happened in Buffalo with the what did the referee do the right thing? Oh, oh, was his oh, hands oh. off the mat? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just you don't get that very often. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love MMA. And let's move right back into Bellator. Bellator 178 had an attendance of 9,010 people, which is only 1,000 people less than what the UFC had in Nashville. Hmm. I mean, numbers don't lie. They're pretty good. Of course, that's a very weak UFC card, Hmm. but this was a very weak Bellator card. Hmm. This wasn't a big one, but I thought it was their best card they put together so far. I was actually very entertained by watching those fights. In the main event, you have Pitbull Frere versus Daniel Strauss 4, and Pitbull Frere came out and submitted him in the second round, and I was very impressed. As me, as I have been claiming, Pitbull is my favorite fighter in Bellator, Bellator bar none. I think he is pound for pound the best fighter they have. He goes from 145 to 155. I think he can compete in both divisions, and I think he's just talented overall. I think he can go to UFC and do very well. Hmm. Very, very well. I was impressed with that performance, and I can't wait to see what they do with him next. I think him and Michael Chandler could have a fight on the horizon. You know, get away from 145, do a 155-pound fight. Of course, in the co-main event, the biggest division, I called it as my strong last week, the Bellator 125-pound women's division. Mm-hmm. Alima Leigh McFarlane came out. She was undefeated, 5-0, and and she armbars Jessica Middleton in the first round with ease. Hmm. This girl is now 6-0. and She's she's reminding me a lot of Cynthia Calvillo. I mean, the 125-pound division, Bellator looks like they got something going there. Hmm. And now they just signed, yesterday I found out, Valerie Letourneau. From the UFC, who fought Joanna Jerzejczyk in the mm-hmm. title fight. Okay. Gave her a tough fight, yeah. but she could never make that 115-pound mark. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of trouble. Now, 125 seems like it's better suited for her. Okay. Because she just couldn't get down that weight. And now at 125, her moving over to Bellator, this is this is very good news. Just another great addition to that roster of, of 125-pound females, which the UFC hasn't touched yet. They have a, they have a chance here to, to, to have a home run. They could have a touchdown, just a grand slam. I mean, good for them. This is somewhere where I think they can literally compete with the UFC. I'm on board. And, of course, in the first fight of the night of the main card, A.J. McKee came out and absolutely obliterated Dominic Mazzotto with a big head kick. This kid now moves to 8-0. and Wow. I've been watching this kid grow. Bellator has been doing a great job bringing him up. And he's ready for that next level. I really think he can be a legit name in this game at 145 pounds. I was super impressed. Uh, he really wants James Gallagher, which is another big up-and-comer in Bellator. That's a fantastic fight. Let's do this. Bellator has some great young competition as in their prelims. Two of their Fab Five members, Ed Ruth and Tyrell Fortune, both picked up both, uh, dominating victories, and they both now are 3-0. and They started Bellator 0-0. They're now 3-0. and Mark my words, these kids in about a year or two will be big names in this game. And for the first time ever, i got to give Bellator a lot of credit. They are really bringing up these young guys out of nowhere, kind of like they did with Strikeforce. They would sign 0-0 people with a lot of pedigree and bring them to the big show. Good job. And then the other thing i got to give Bellator credit was I saw their promotional commercials for the New York City pay-per-view. They were very good. Nice. 
I mean, with the exception of I don't care about Chael versus Wandy, right. every other fight, it made me really want to see it. They have a very good promotional commercial for this thing, which might catch on. A lot of people are in love with Bellator right now. So Interesting. We'll see what happens. And, of course, I don't ever just watch one or two fight cards. I got to at least watch two in one night when I have the time. I watched LFA on Friday night as Ian Heinzik goes to 8-0 with a very impressive performance. This kid's background and story is just very amazing. He's going to be picked up by a big one soon. And then, of course, the other fight I wanted to spotlight was Adam Martinez defeated Mikel Perez by submission in round two. Well, Perez, the guy Mikel Perez is actually a former Olympian from Cuba. He was 3-0 coming into this fight. Adam Martinez was 3-1. and He was the huge underdog. But Pat Militic said it best. He said one of my favorite quotes I think I've heard in a long time. I don't care what pedigree you come from. Sometimes you just run into a junkyard dog. And that's what the fight guard game is all about. Mm -hmm. There's people that are true fighters. There's certain people that have all the pedigree in the world. But once they get into the octagon or the hexagon or ring or whatever it is they're fighting in, all that can go out the window if you're fighting a guy that truly fights. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what he was born to do. Mm -hmm. And Adam Martinez made that official as that's what he's born to do is fight and I was very impressed with that kid's performance, and it just made me think of all the Fab Five in Bellator, Aaron Pico, who's set to make his debut. These young guys, you can have all the pedigree in the world, but until you get in there and you actually do it, it doesn't mean nothing, because some of these guys are just born to fight. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Well, on for that, let's move on to the news and gossip this week. Insomniac, or actually Gabby underscore T. Yes. You'll be excited to hear this, as you're in love with love. <laughs> Wedding bells. Ronda <laughs> Rousey and Travis Bown officially get engaged. What do you guys think? Congratulations, guys. Guys, happy for him, mad for him. Insomniac, you're giving me a death stare. I wish you were on tape. <laughs> I guess they can have bearded babies. I don't know. Bearded babies. <laughs> like, good for them? Yeah, good for them. Cool yeah. beans. Sounds like Ronda Rousey's retirement is a little bit more serious, eh? Yeah, yeah, got some wedding all right. Yeah. And speaking, and pretty much the first couple things is all about WMMA, as in women's mixed martial arts. Mackenzie Dern, the phenom from the underground, who's supposed to be big name in the game, misses weight again and pulled Ooh. from a grappling tournament as she could not make the 121-pound mark. Now, this is kind of scary for the UFC if you're trying to sign her, right? Because obviously... I wouldn't trust her at 115. This is the third time in a row she didn't make weight. And the weight keeps going up. I mean, if I was Scott Coker, I'd be doing everything I could to get this girl for my 125. If Scott Coker wanted to put a stamp and make this a war and really make this a legit competition, I really think I would be doing everything in my power to go after Mackenzie Dern. But maybe she's already... Guaranteed a UFC slot. Maybe that's her dream. I don't know yet, yeah. as I know she has close connections with Sean Shelby. And, of course, the owner of LFA of who she fights for is Mick Maynard, mm-hmm. who is the UFC matchmaker, so we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, she might be looking at a 135-pound career. Or maybe, just maybe, that Joe knows MMA, might know a little about, bit about MMA and... Mackenzie Dern is the first ever 125-pound fighter in the UFC. Hmm. Just saying. I've been calling that for a while now. I still see it happening. Especially with Bellator having a rising 125-pound women's division. The UFC is going to have to do something. You think they can't wait too long? This summer, like we've been predicting? 
Speaking of women's fighting. By the fighting, end of the year. Sage Northcutt's older sister, Colby Coving- I mean, Colby Northcutt, is set to make her LFA debut in June. Not sure which card yet, but she's going to make her LFA debut in June. She's a part of the 135-pound division, and she has a 4-1 amateur record already. Hmm. If you're an LFA fan, this is big news. I mean, I'm interested. I'm very interested. Let's see it happen. All right, moving on to the Bellator pay-per-view this week. It was announced that fifth coveted slot on the pay-per-view main card, the opener, sensation young man Aaron Pico will be fighting Zach Freeman. Now, Aaron Pico is 0-0. Zero zero. He was signed from Bellator two and a half years ago as he just missed an attempt to make an Olympic run. But this guy has all the makings to be a champion. I mean, he's good on the ground as as, as if you really follow his story and what he did at 16 years old and his accomplishments. The man's only like 20. Hmm. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Rest, I talked to a wrestling specialist the other day who said he's actually kind of disappointed that he went so full force with MMA because of what he could have done with his wrestling. <laughs> and he's also a Golden Glover in boxing. Oh, nice. So he is touted as, like, seriously, the next big thing. Because I'm interested to see how him and Dylan Danis grow together because there's not out of the realm of possibility that after like five and six fights, them two could have a huge super fight. Hmm. I'm calling that now for Bellator. It's their first big, really like money-making really? fight. Yes. So you guys really. are zero and zero? Say what you want, but if you look up, just look up Aaron Pico's wrestling and you'll see what I'm saying. This guy, I think, is going to be a superstar. That's why they're making such a big deal about him and he is getting a debut spot. Also, he is fighting a guy in Zach Freeman who is eight and two. The man already has 10 professional fights. His last fight might have been a loss, but it was to the RFA champion. It was in a lightweight championship match in the last RFA show. Hmm. I mean, who does that? <laughs> zero and zero against a guy who has 10 MMA fights? There is obviously a lot of buzz on this guy, Aaron Pico. He is going to be a huge star. It's just inevitable. But... On the flip side, I will say, going back to my man Pat Milicic's statement, you can have all the pedigree, but sometimes you can run into that junkyard dog. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens. And then, of course, on the Bellator 180, which is on the same card in Madison Square Garden, but it's on free TV, King Mo is out. So, Phil Davis is now stepping in, Bellator's light heavyweight champion, to fight Ryan Bader on the Spike TV portion of that Madison Square Garden card. Weird. And it leads me to question, have you ever heard, A, of a champ stepping in as a replacement fight, <laughs> and then B, making it now a title fight on short notice for a card? <coughs> and it's not the pay-per-view, it's free. I mean, I get On Spike. That's free on Spike? Hey. Yes, that is now the new headliner free on Spike TV before the pay-per-view portion starts. Dude, they're really trying to sell that pay-per-view so, of Shao Sonnen and Wanderlei yes, Silva? Yes, it is Shao Sonnen. This is the first time ever, i got to say, there's three title fights, <clears throat> and none are in the co-main event or main event. Who's the co-main event? It's Fedor Emelianenko versus Matt Mitrione. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, I mean, have you ever heard of a fighter being replaced with a champ and becoming a championship fight? Has that ever happened? Insomniac, please let me know. No, I've never heard of that. 
That sounds ridiculous. Why not move that to the main event? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and, you know, we I... harp too much on it. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about Bellator next week and the following week since we have nothing else to really talk about since there's no fights. We'll move on to the UFC news and gossip. What do you think of Dana's claims that two other groups of investors came in to buy the UFC and was willing to spend $5 billion? Not four, but they rejected them. What? They said they didn't like... The they didn't, no, Dana White didn't before. like the vision. They, they, yeah. they, and the Fertitas also, before they got out, they wanted to make sure whoever bought the company was going to care about the company cool. and move it to the, the next direction. So there was probably some, like, I don't know, some huh. dude that was worth a lot of money just wanted to buy it for $5 billion to play with, and the UFC was like, no, we like Ari and the other guy's name, or WME, we like their vision a lot better. It was Bon Jovi, I know it. I think that's incredible, sure. the fact that anybody was even willing to spend $5 billion. That's just why not? So I bought it for four. Hey, still, I'm just saying. That's a billion dollars more. Yeah. We're not talking a dollar. I'm not adding a dollar to get a bigger size of fries. I'm talking a billion dollars. That's crazy. That is so much money. But moving on from that, let's go to Ariel Hawani reports that Jones vs. Cormier 2 is pretty much inevitable for late July. We heard about it last week that it was proposed. Dana White pretty much called it out publicly. Sounds like Jones is willing to accept. What do you think, Insomniac? Is it going to happen or what? Are we finally going to get that rematch? Don't tease us. Oh, I want it. Is it going to be the main event? I would. Does it matter? I think so. It doesn't matter no, who no, the main no, event. See, I'm going off of what they said. They don't want to put Jones in the main event. But the same token, they got Manable to back it up, so... They probably have Manimal on standby, so go That's for it. Funny. I, I mean, I love That's it. That's funny. We got someone to fill his spot <laughs> so we can main event. I mean, they could put somebody like Cyborg in the main event as the last fight, just in case, just precautionary measures. I mean, you hear that they've been offering Cyborg the fight. We're hearing rumblings that Tyron Woodley is supposed to fight on that card against a mystery opponent. I don't know. I'm starting to think more and more towards Nate, Nick, I mean, I'm sorry, Nick Diaz, since Snoop Dogg and Dana White has made a proclamation together that they'll... Keep Nick Diaz away from the weed for one day. Yeah, that's all you have to do is, from what I hear, is not smoke weed 24 hours before you fight and you're okay. And he can't do it. So Snoop Dogg said he'll help him. Snoop Dogg's a funny that's, dude, by the way. He seems, like, he seems like he might be the last person. You want yeah. to help you not smoke weed for a well, day? Well, Snoop Dogg was mad just because, as a fellow weed smoker, he's like, 24 hours, that's it? To make $10, $10 million? Like, that's it? Like, let's do this. Like, come on, I will help him. So you can funny. recruit me. So we'll see what happens there. But on to other news. What do you think of UFC announces their Hall of Fame member over the Tennessee broadcast? Maurice Smith, kickboxing legend, is now going to be in the pioneer wing of the UFC Hall of Fame. How do you feel about it? I mean, I guess he was technically UFC's first striker, right? But yeah. yeah. I love it. I don't know much about him. I didn't watch a lot. Like, Look I up watched the background. some old, okay. old UFC. I've heard of him. Okay. I've probably seen a fight or two of yeah. his. Like, I don't know a lot about him. I don't, was he ever champ? Yeah, he beat Mark Coleman. For the belt, yes, he is. He's a former okay. champion. That's yes. what I was. That's what I was wondering. Like, watch. Yeah, you cool gotta look it. up the career. Of Mark, Mark, I like Smith. it. It's him and um, your eye favor going in. Yeah, so far. What's what's favor going in as? Just a legend, I guess. I, no, I mean, what wing? 
I guess just UFC Hall of Fame. I don't know. I don't know what wing it is. I just know he's a pioneer. Yeah, I'm cool with it. I like him. I just okay. remember playing him in the Pride video game. And our last <laughs> UFC news and notes, let's move over to, I don't know if I can really call him a UFC fighter, but I guess I'm going to have to. Mr. Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, is set to participate in a new MTV reality show, The Challenge. He's a UFC croucher. Where they're going to pit <laughs> pro athletes versus non-pro athletes. And the non-pro athletes, from what I gather, are 10 previous season Wait, winners of this The Challenger. Wait, which side is CM Punk going to be on? He's pro athlete. Oh, okay. Just, making, just checking. Just making sure. Yes, he is going to be paired up alongside Wait. Low Low Jones, so he's in the former Olympian. He's in there as a UFC fighter. Yes. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. So, no reality show with the Ultimate Fighter, which I thought would have been epic and dope. He goes to MTV on the challenge to fight. I guess The Miz hooked him up with a job over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. It just sounds like complete and total garbage. And with that, the Miz used up the last of his clout. I guess Dana White is not giving this guy another fight. He's got to stay busy. He's got to make money. He's got to do something. He has like two houses. Uh, something tells me he's already rich. I don't eh, think he hurts for money. He might. I mean, he might have wasted it MC Hammer style. Uh, I doubt that. He doesn't come off type of guy like that. Yeah, I guess not being all super straight edge and everything. Him and Probably his wife. Probably not quite as prone to Him and his wife. Me. Or girlfriend, if you know, whatever. AJ Lee. Yeah. Used Beautiful to be girl. WWE superstars. You don't make jump change doing that. He's fine financially. Maybe he just wants to stay relevant. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's fine financially. It is time. This is where we separate the weak from the strong. The strong and the weak. Insomniac? All right, knuckleheads. I'm going to go in with my strong. It's going to be Anthony Johnson. Seeing how he doesn't want to be a punching bag. He retired. And he, and he doesn't want to be like some of them people that just continue to hang around and be a punching bag. And I agree with him. Good call. Watching the, you know, the card the other night, mm -hmm. I realized Diego... And I literally just read breaking news. Diego's saying he's not retiring, by the way. Yeah. He's saying he's going to keep he on fighting the fight. So I agree with Anthony Johnson. I don't I don't know about the timing. I, I, I hope he didn't go into that fight half-hearted. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I do agree with him in one sense. He's in his – he got another job opportunity. What is he, like 32, 33? Yeah, he could have probably kept fighting. But that was the second time he lost for the title. Mm -hmm. Title shots don't come easy. Mm -hmm. Maybe at light heavyweight because there's only like three actual good fighters in that division. But you know, title fights don't come easy, and I think he knew something more than what most people did. Like he knew he was like, I think it's time. Yeah, and if he can make money doing something else and not get bashed in the head and get more teeny tiny bits of CTE damage. I remember when he up. first came to UFC. UFC thought he was going to be a star in, at 170, but he was cutting a god awful lot amount of weight. Hmm. And then, you know, he got cut for all of his weight issues in the UFC. Mm. You know, getting cut because I of I still it. would like to see a documentary on him because he has one of the most incredible stories you'll ever hear of, the mixed especially in the beginning ages, to go from 170 to 205 and be not only a 205 contender, but like the most feared man and biggest knockout artist in the 205-town division. It's just absolutely not. It, it just sounds like a fiction novel. That is nuts to go up that much weight. Yeah, it sounds it's like, like a, you think, how did, it's no, it's going up nuts over to go down going, that much weight. Oh yeah, how yeah. did he get to one seventy? That means he got rid of over twenty percent of his body weight. 
basically. Or 10%, rather. That's nuts. Weird. That's nuts. Really weird. But, yeah, I'm glad he did call it quits when after him. But he's right. More guys need to realize when they start getting knocked out. There's two guys specifically. I don't ever want to see Diego Sanchez in a cage again. I don't ever want to see Jake Ellenberger in a cage again. I've seen them fight. I, I know their ceiling. It's it's time, guys. It's time. This, ain't a, this is a cruel sport. You don't hang on if you can't actually contend. And my week will be... The WSOF announced they are still around... That they're turning into the PFL, the Premier Fighting League. Mm -hmm. So in essence, what they're going to do is they're going to start having seasons and they're going to start having tournaments. Man, if only somebody never thought of doing that before. Oh wait, Born Remney did with Bellator MMA. Wow. IFL. Ha oh, oh, that's right. Roy Nelson's old stomping grounds. And Ben Rothwell. <coughs> Man, <coughs> I'm glad Ray Sefo's got his stuff together. He knows what he's doing when running that company. Thanks for being revolutionary, guys. That's all I got. Well, if you would have showed up to the table last week in Sunday, we talked about the theory is great. It was you my agree strong. with that? The, uh, the only thing I'll ever say is... This was my strong last week when I was filling in for you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> hey, knuckleheads, I'm back. Uh, but all I'm going to say is I, I don't believe tournaments work. I, I don't believe in them. I think they're just too complex. Yeah, it's too come hard. up a time It's too two. hard just to book fights mm-hmm. and get them to stay together, let alone structure a tournament that make. I mean, look how the heavyweight strike force tournament. Everybody's like, oh, success. An alternate won it. Yeah. An alternate to an alternate ended up being in the finals in the end. Yeah. My thing is Bellator actually born Rebney's uh, tournaments. They grew on me, actually. They weren't terrible. They had a couple good winners. Yes. I think if there's one way you can do it, I don't like the short, as short as turnaround they do it, but I think if there's one way you could do it, it's that way. And of course, Ultimate Fighter, that's really the tournament that always works. We'll see. I, I always say you have to have the names to play the game. That's what this is about. You have to have the names fighters to sell a card. You can't just say you're having a tournament without the names in it. And that's the only thing I fear for them. But other than that, I mean, I think it might attract some people because if you win, you get a million dollars. That's a lot of money. I mean, I just heard Ali Aquinto in MMA Hour say he'd like to get paid monthly. Their goal was to pay their fighters monthly. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Sounds They're trying to be a theory, professional it's a league. Dying promotion. And I agree with you. We've seen this happen so many times. Uh, I'd have to wait. I'll lease, like I give anything, I'll give them a shot, and I will watch them when they first start. I'll give them a try. It's more MMA product. I can't get enough of it. I'm a fiend. There's not enough MMA in my life already. As I'm about to go two weeks without MMA, this would be a great spot for a promotion like Premier Fight League to come in and say, hey, we're here. So we'll see what happens. But okay, on to the Joe Knows MMA Strong. I'm going to stick with Bellator. I'm going to stick with Bellator's rise and the buzz they've gotten and how good their felt their show felt last weekend. Like I was thoroughly entertained. I always complain on this podcast that I have not seen a Bellator show yet that I have liked. Like The problem I have is, yeah, they're just signing some names, they're doing this, they're doing that, but I haven't seen anything on their channel or watch their product and I actually liked it like I was entertained that night 
I finally was. I actually got to say, Pitbull versus Strauss was a very entertaining card. I thought I got my, you know, of course, I only watch it for free on Spikes TV, but I felt like I got a pretty good, you know, two hours of entertainment out of it. I was thoroughly impressed uh, from their, you know, production, which didn't have any stupid Megatrons or, or Titantrons or anything like that. It was simple, back to the basics. I just loved it. And good for them. And their youth movement. With the Fab Five, like Ed Ruth and Ty Burrell Fortune on the undercard. Watching AJ McKee stamp his biggest win yet. I feel like I've watched this kid grow up through fighting. And I'm super impressed. And of course, another revolution inside of the 125-pound women's division with Alima Leigh McFarlane. I am so intrigued in her next fight. She is on my radar as a fighter to watch. I, I want to see what happens. I would love to see her and Valley Laterno fight for the interim flyweight title. I'm interested. You got me. I'm becoming a fan of Bellator slowly but surely. And their next card's even better. Their next card's even better. Their May 19th show with, of course, Rory McDonald versus Paul Daly in the main event. You have MVP versus Derek Anderson. They just signed Chet Congo to fight. I mean, it doesn't matter. That main event is their best main event yet. And I'm, you know, they have uh, the other guy, that Liam McGreary, on the, under, on the card. I, I'm very, very interested. Like, good for them. Their shows are getting better. I, I just, I, I got to give it to them. Their youth movement and their rise is feeling very special right now on a more organic or natural level. Not because the MMA media is telling me or because of the old names. It's just I'm starting to see the potential. That's and that's good. what I'm happy Some about. Some genuine parody and competition to bring up the entire league. That's what we want. And then on to my week. Man. <clears throat> Japan. You have not changed, have you? Coming up shortly, a 12-year-old girl will be fighting a 24-year-old <coughs> woman in the Deep Jewels Japan promotion, even though it's an amateur fight and has some special rules. A 24-year-old woman will be fighting a 12-year-old? That's repulsive. How can I watch this? I don't care what kind of level this is or competition or, or what it is. This is disgusting to me. I don't understand what this. If the old Let me put this in perspective. The twelve-year-old, she and is then a I guess seventh. That's still disgusting. The other way, <laughs> the twelve-year-old is a seventh grader in high school, and she is going to be fighting a just graduating college student. This is just disgusting. How does this even get approved? This is not right. This is terrible. Japan, you really, really got to rethink your freak show strategy. This—they're not both in mech suits or anything, are they? She's not even a teen. She's twelve years old. Wow. Okay, karate competitions, okay. Wrestling competitions, okay. Cheerleading practice, okay. Fighting in a mixed martial arts professional fight, whether it's amateur or pro, not okay in any standards. This is just asking for something really, really bad to happen. It makes me sick. So, I'm does disgusted. Japan have a history of doing kooky fights like this? Yes, they do freak show fights. Ikuhisa Manoa. Not that freak show. Off the shows, top of my head. Ikuhisa some. Punk Manoa was like a lightweight. And he was fighting yeah, Butterbean. Yeah, but that's a way though. This is the age difference, Still, though. freak show fights are a history in Japan. This might be the worst I have ever heard. Putting a child in there against a grown woman is disgusting. It's repulsive. Shame on you. Screw you, Deep Jewels. Go away. I hope you close down tomorrow, you sick scumbags. But Thanks. before we sign off here, guys, I got a week. That rules them all. Okay. I know I missed last week. I don't know what you guys talked about. I didn't get a chance to listen back to the show. Thanks. How's this? How's this gonna Weak. be? 
You want to talk about weak? No, I'm on the week. You're not listening to our show. You're weak. No, you're we're weak because this is the second time in three weeks we didn't talk about Maymac. What's going on? They say $75 million purse to $100 million purse, close fight, the fight's close to being done, and Dana White's like, nah, not even close. And then they're saying, oh, it's about to be done again. Why are we not talking about Maymac? All right, on a closing note, I'll go with another strong. You weren't here last week. You know what we talked a lot about? Your boy. Your pound for pound best. Your number one ever, Demetrius Johnson. You weren't here. How you didn't come make I it to the chair. Insomniac, go back to bed. How you are dis- Get your how, academics how come, together before you come to the table, son. How come I'm here this week and, you know, Last week, we're talking about Maymac and the pound for pound great. This week, we're talking about Mackenzie Dern and Aaron Pico. What the freak, man? More Maywac. More Maymac. I'm not even going to say it once. Thanks for watching us battle it out today, everybody. We appreciate your attention. Please tell your friends. Like, share, retweet us. Get the Better Fight Cast on iTunes or SoundCloud. While there, please try our sister production, Better Health and World, to consume healthy living and behavior, plus some comedy and culture. Everything that speaks to maximizing the human experience. Follow Joe at Jono's MMA, Sean at MMA underscore Insomniac, Gabby at Gabby underscore T, and me at Matthew J. Better. Follow all the shows at Better Hall. That's at Better H-A-W. We love you guys and girls. Peace.